This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. Welcome back. An appropriate song bringing us into our banana segment. Thank you to our sound engineer, Dion, for bringing us in with that old school Gwen Stefani hit. Uh, we are back. This is Dollars and Change on Sirius XM Radio 111. I am Sandy Marrowhunt here with my co-host. I'm Nick Ashburn. And we are talking this segment to Matt Clifford, co-founder and COO of Bar Nana. Impact can come in many shapes and forms, and this guest has found his path in the banana business. If you are curious, you are not alone. We are excited to talk to Matt about this work. Welcome, Matt. Hey, guys. How are you? Hi. Hey, thanks for being with us today. I, I don't it's know. a little bananas, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> have you ever been welcomed with such apropos music during an interview? I must say, you guys, you set the bar pretty well. <laughs> Nobody can be disappointed with Gwen Stefani. So. Exactly. Um, so we're excited to really understand your business. We have all sorts of startups uh, you know, on the show telling their, their story and talking about um, the pain points that they're working to you know, eliminate or mitigate in our society. So let's start there. Matt, what problem did you see that c- triggered the initiation of this business? Well, guys, thanks for having me on. Um, I think it's a loaded question because anytime somebody asks me about bananas, I could, I could probably take up the whole hour. So <laughs> I'll, I'll try to do a uh, reader's digest version. But, um, so we started the business about four years ago, um, really with one big question was, um, how do we limit, eliminate food waste in the food structure, the food system? And that kind of big audacious question led us to bananas and it wasn't strictly bananas in themselves, but, Bananas are the most uh, selling produce in the U.S. and they're most wasted produce in the world. So hmm. w- the question was, how do we, how do we, how do we kind of insert ourselves there and fix that problem? So I, I wanted to better understand. I guess you're you're trying to eliminate food waste. You identified bananas, but you know when I think about where you could plug into that value chain, there possibly a lot of different ways. So where where do you guys come in? You know, I have a banana farm. I've I've picked them. I'm shipping them off somewhere, and then it goes to a lot of places. Where do you come in? Right. So if you, if you look at bananas, the rough numbers are around 100 billion bananas are grown every year. And this, this, this theme is consistent across the food system, and not only bananas, but just bananas have a higher velocity, higher volume, is around half of categorized food waste around half happens at production so think at the banana farm harvesting it washing it prepping it and then ready to ship out to port mm-hmm. and the other half happens at you know, in the food system through distribution yeah uh, and, and someone once retail. someone once really made this like point resonate with me when they said don't you ever wonder when you buy three heads of romaine lettuce why they all like fit in that bag and are the exact same size? Like that's not how it works in nature. Where are those right. other heads of lettuce, right? So all our bananas look beautiful and the stems connected and, you know, so 50% you're saying fall out in Somewhere that process. Yeah, it, it's it's uh there's a lot lot of reasons and you know there's another tangential conversation where I think is equally fascinating around why we are where we are, because food waste has actually gone up a bit. Um, and you know, that, that conversation is, is a lot of different forces. But not because of your business. 
<laughs> right. I mean, but it is it is one of the great tragedies of our time that there is so much hunger and so much food waste. Correct. And, and to me, there's nothing more noble than getting excited about that. I mean, it's a complex, deep issue. We're making a little dent, and there's a lot of other great entrepreneurs that are making another little dent, but hopefully, collectively, we can make a, a bigger one. Yeah, but and what I think is fascinating, and this is where I want to sort of head with this conversation, is you're you're building a model that takes a look at how to intervene in this particular supply chain and eliminate food waste. And it could be one that might be replicated by you or others with other foods. So talk us through. What what does Barnana do? Yeah, what's your product? Yeah, and, and what do you do? And at what right. stage do you jump in and make this difference? This is a great time for me to almost act like a commercial. www.barnana.com. Go. And- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> www.barnana. Just kidding. Dot <laughs> co. Um, so, so what we do is we, we have a, a consumer brand. It's nationally distributed to Whole Foods and most grocery stores, Safeway, Appleton's, Kroger, um, you know, CPG focus, but the, the essence is consumer we, packaged we goods. Have, we got it. We got to break down the acronyms sometimes. Consumer packaged goods. I need you guys to do that because I can go on <laughs> acronym La La Land. So, um, so yeah, we what we do is we collect the bananas at farms, mainly in South America, that don't qualify to be sold as produce. So the question is, what what deems it not to be qualified? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of things. So like, like you mentioned, it could be not aesthetically appealing. So it's not not the right size, length, or has like a, a dent or a ding or a bruise. There's a lot of reasons. So we we collect those from actual farms in South America. And then we bring them to a facility in Ecuador in which we process the bananas. So we have a team of people peeling bananas that do not qualify to be sold as tier one produce. You're peeling and the then, non-appealing bananas? <laughs> I, I have been down there peeling, but I don't peel often. Okay. People, and, then, um, and then we peel the bananas and we make uh, a foray of banana-based products from that. So dehydrated banana, banana powder. Anything uh, that is not just the produce, and then then way that way we ship it up to the states, and we have four facilities here in California in which do the finished goods product of it. And so, are you guys set up Matt, as a for profit, a non profit? Yeah, we're a for profit company. All right, excellent. And I think this is one of the you know one of the themes that we're seeing and delighted to see is this you know tri- shift towards. Uh, sustainable for-profit solutions to some of these issues. Um, so when it comes to the operations and and sort of how you make this work in a cost-effective way, one of the questions we're always curious about is, do these things have to be priced at a premium for the consumer to say, hey, I appreciate what these guys are doing for the world and eliminating food waste, therefore I'm going to spend a dollar more on my snack than I otherwise would? Is that the sort of position that that you guys need to take, or how do you work against that? Yeah, it's, it's interesting from that perspective. I've never really, I never thought about it from that perspective. I look at it from the value chain, but I think on one side I could say yes, that's the case. But on the other side, you know, I look at the complete value chain of the business, and I think just this is a great point, at least on any social entrepreneurship, is the value chain has to align throughout, right? So through the sourcing and then through the distribution and then to the retailer and ultimately to the consumer, right? The, the whoever's taking a piece in the value chain, in my opinion, has to completely align or the business is flawed at some stage, right? You have to fix that stage. And and so for us, we look at price point of this, 
in, in theory of that, it has to align. And if it doesn't align, then we have to improve on some portion of it. Um, and for, for us in particular, I mean, we are a premium priced item, um, not necessarily because the, the fact that we are making the environment better and we're reducing food waste. It's, it's the supply chain in itself is a bit complicated because there's a lot of moving pieces going into Ecuador, shipping bananas to port, processing and bringing them up. And we only work with organic and mainly fair trade bananas. And so that's a little premium on top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the good news is for all consumers that don't eat organic food is the price of organic is coming down. And I can't wait for the day until it's almost price parity. We're not there yet. But mm-hmm. that's going to be a good thing for the environment. And so, Matt, I wanted to ask you, so if you, you, you wanted to start this company given challenges in the supply chain and food waste, but of course you have to have a high quality product that's going to sell. How are you messaging some of those social impact related, environmental impact related factors that are core to your business to your consumers? Yeah, you know, I think that's a never ending quest. And to tell you the truth, I think we don't do it that well. I think we could do it a lot better. Um, and in our way of doing it, and this is not the right way, it's not an in your face kind of this is this is what Barnana is all about. Our consumers, as we've learned, have come to discover that once they've already enjoyed consuming the brand it's mm. been in our that's that's our research has shown is you know some brands that are very buy this because we're doing you know a one-for-one model uh, yeah. i think that's a great example of you're you may be you may be involved in the brand because of the social cause and we tend to make the brand more uh as an open open to everybody and then once you find out and discover the brand because it's on the back of the package how we communicate it and then also i think the most important thing of any brand that anybody is a fan of i think the emotion of brands are mainly from the people involved in the brand so the touch points of how you interact with them whether it's at an event or a show however you interact with the brand i think is is the emotional touch point yeah, just a reminder, listeners, we are talking to Matt Clifford, co-founder and COO of Barnana. If you want to talk about your social enterprise challenges, opportunities, get advice from someone who's doing it well, give us a call at one eight four four Wharton. That's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. So, Matt, I'm curious when you know when we talk to social entrepreneurs, the the supply chains as with a company like yours, where you've got shipping involved and you've got packaging involved and you've got you know certification and employees. The product, we clearly see the social impact in how you're eliminating food waste. How do you think about social impact throughout your business and your supply chain in choosing your vendors and how um, you hire, manage, and treat employees? Talk to us about how this is baked into the entire business model. Great, yeah. Uh, So I think that that question is a very tough one to tackle because I think it's never-ending in a way. (laughs) Um, And we're a certified B Corp. and certified vehicle, we take a survey at the end of every year and we measure our impact. And, you know, I say impact, you guys can't see me right now with two air quotes over it because I think that's a, a very loose term as well. Um, and we, when we first so we became a B Corp three years ago, we took the test. I think we, we were all pretty high and mighty that we were, <laughs> we were doing so good on the environment and doing so good to steward our mission. And 
we, we scored just barely a passing score. <laughs> oh, I love your candor, Matt. Thank you. This is great. It's a tough. It's a tough survey, though. They do go. They do a deep dive and and different question questions. Questions. <laughs> I have an accent now. Um, <laughs> different questions are weighted differently, and, and and we hear Matt, and I think this is where you're going. That it really helps give companies a baseline, and they say, where do we want to improve next year? Yep. And for our listeners who aren't familiar, the B Corp certification, right? As as Matt referenced, is a quiz you take that sort of. Not like a Facebook quiz. Not like, like which banana are you? Um, but it sort of takes you through all the different categorizations of where social impact may exist within your company and urges you to consider them. So, you know, to Matt's point, you might say, all right, we are absolutely dynamite when it comes to a sustainable supply chain, an organic product. But, oh, gosh, we really haven't thought about our paternity leave or if we have an office that's Correct. healthy yeah. for our employees. And so it can be humbling. You're certainly not alone in that because you folks come in and say, I'm absolutely crushing it in this particular sector, but oh, wow, with the blinders off, yeah. there's a lot more that we can do. So what what changed for you guys, or what are you thinking differently about as a result of that process? Yeah, I we were we were all so, I guess we were very humbled by the process, and I think we took a more holistic look, because we were, I think we we're a bit naive, you know, just looking at, like you said, one element of what makes us Barnana. But there's so many other elements which make a great company a great company, and that's you know stewarding, stewarding kind of a path for your people, making sure you're investing just as much in your people as you're investing in development of the brand, and and you know that whole global picture from how do we how do we waste water usage in our office and mm-hmm. <laughs> and and taking everything into account because you know at the end of the day I think that the big paradox which we opened our eyes up to is. Any anybody that creates a business is going to create an impact. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, the negative externality on the environment, right? There's going to be some sort of externality. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're the best company out there. And so I think it, the, the important thing is recognizing the externality that you make as a business by the fact of existing with your people driving to work and your office and and your. We have a package over our product, so those yep. are real things that, no matter what you do, they're going to create an externality in the environment. And just recognizing those and then doing our best to say, well, where can we fix any of these things? And where are things that we can't fix, but we can recognize, we can talk about them and then try to make larger changes in the areas where we have control over. And it's it's a complex area. I remember Sun Chips came out with these bags, right, that were more... Eco friendly, yeah, like they, they could were be, loud. They were so loud, like loud they were so loud that I think it. I, I, I think, think they're. I think they're no more because of that. But it just it is a balance because not you, sun chips, just the bag, just the bag. Yeah, sun yeah. chips yeah. are still around in no our vending machines. So actually, I'd be Matt. I want to sort of know. So I, you know what, I hate artificial banana flavors. Like I like bananas, like a banana runt. Oh, banana runs are the worst. <laughs> oh, cringeworthy. <laughs> See, but, they're my favorite. Oh, we are I love our dueling food. later. But Matt, what what is your product? Like, what am I eating? And because we don't have samples here in front of us, so I can't tell you how delicious or we'll not they to are. Our local Whole Foods <laughs> after this. But like, what what is the product, and and what what can a consumer expect from from the brand experience? Perfect. And one, we have to fix that. So I can send you guys some product. <laughs> <laughs> That's an easy fix. So let's make sure we take care of that one. Nick, you're um, shameless. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, it's, it's a good question. So the, the brand uh, we have six items in the market right now, and um, the the experience is we call them chewy banana bites. And so we have six flavors: uh, bananas covered in chocolate, banana covered in peanut butter, uh, banana and coconut mixed together into Yum. a cube, banana and apples mixed together into a cube, and then we have a banana and coffee flavor. And so 
I don't know about that last one, but the other ones sound great. I think they all sound great, Matt. Yeah, it's it's a polarizing flavor for sure. (laughs) Uh, And so inside you have this partially dehydrated banana, which uh, the way we do it is we take about 80% of the water out of the banana. And so you're left with this uh, 20% water moisture banana that's chewy. So it's not like a banana chip. No, no, no. It's banana chips has no moisture in them. So think think like a date, um, Mm. the consistency of a date, but it's not a date. It's banana. And then we cover it in chocolate and all those flavors. And consumers have seemed to like it, which we're pretty grateful for. Yeah, that's (laughs) excellent. And how do you consider, um, you know, the the sort of social impact possibilities of your product are um, endless, what you know when it comes to the health how do you guys think about your your product with regards to you know sugar content and you know the peanut butter banana ones i'm a runner so i'm like ooh maybe I should, those might be like you know a great little like pre-run or mid-run long-run snack cuz they've got sugar and they've got you know protein so like talk to us about exactly how you're thinking about the nutritional social impact of your product totally so um for for us i mean it's a little selfish right is we we believe full-heartedly that you should be able to read everything you eat on a package mm-hmm. um, and keeping it extremely simple. So th- three of our items have two ingredients, bananas and whatever it is, right? So, uh, and then Like bananas and ones, coconut? And chocolate, yeah. Okay. And coconut or, or bananas and apples, right? So very, very simple. Great. And then when you, when you throw peanut butter and chocolate on something, there's going to be a lot of constituent ingredients. Um, and we just try to use the most premium that we can, um, and, and let people know that like, you know organic dark chocolate is going to have some, it's going to have some fat in it, it's going to have some sugar in it. Uh, but if you're going to eat chocolate, you should eat the best chocolate. Sandy right? just went, um, yeah, it is. Like in like a, such a satisfying. I would way. like a dark chocolate covered banana <laughs> yeah. bite right now. I mean, personally, guys, this is all my personal view. I think if you go and buy ice cream in the grocery store, you should get ice cream. You shouldn't get a bunch of water and ice, right? So mm-hmm. you should get real ice cream. Uh, that's how we, that's how we think about it as quality, mm-hmm. uh, and then and then I think consumers are smart enough to make their health decisions, but make it the best ingredients of quality, um, and then and then we go from there. So that's how we think about it. Um, our products are extremely healthy across the board, um, and then health I think is a relative term, um, and it depends on kind of where you are. The one thing is bananas are high in sugar, and so um, you know when we look at that is. You know, people that are looking for a low-sugar diet, it's probably not the snack for you, right? That's okay. <laughs> yeah. And I want to shift in our last sort of, you know, five or six minutes here to some lessons learned that would be valuable for other social entrepreneurs who are listening to the program. You know, when it comes to building your business, how did you select your co-founders? What did the journey look like from this being a concept in your mind to being a successful business? Right, yes. Yeah. The, so I have, we have two business partners, uh, Nick Ingersoll and Cowie Suplicy. So we're all three co-founders. Um, I think that's the first for, 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 I mean, speaking from our perspective is the most important thing is the people. Um, there's no doubt. And it sounds cliche, but those two guys are the smartest people I know. And I feel honored to work with them every day. It's the way I feel about Nick. To work with them. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm crying know, I mean, now. It, it's, it's better to be lucky than smart. And I think the three of us have realized that too. And we're humble enough to recognize that, you know, we're definitely, uh, you know, we, we've got lucky through this journey and that's a product of the people around us as well. And so the, the investors and, and, uh, our board. So, you know, I mean, it, we always joke that there's three guys with no food experience at a banana company. It's like a, it's like a joke opening. And so <laughs> sounds bananas works for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Our producer signaling us to stop making cheesy jokes because we've made a bunch of them already. Yeah. I've heard everyone, guys. It's it's four years in the banana business. It's- yeah, I'm sorry. So talk to us about, about your investors. You know, you guys launched a business in a time that was very, you know, sort of hot around social entrepreneurship. Um, and, and we started to really see, you know, a surge of, uh, you know, CPG type products and, you know, sort of um, entrepreneurial startups and ventures in the social impact space. What was that experience like of, you know, of raising your capital and finding investors? Were they folks who were interested in, in food and wellness and um, efficient supply chains? Talk to us about that journey. Yeah, so mo- all I would say most of our investors are all familiar in either investing or operating in the food and beverage space, uh, I think, which is, is unique to us. Mm-hmm. It, 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 the, the category has has some challenges to it in, in, in scaling in the category. And I think having a team that understands those roadblocks is super important. Um, and from, from a, a pure capital raise perspective, we, we've chose to delay capital raising as long as possible for us. That's probably pretty um, smart. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we were fortunate enough to be able to kind of, you know, bootstrap in a way as long as we could with, with the, the money we can gather. Um, but I think that that takes a, a larger kind of lens, and this is what I see, and this is clearly just my opinion, statement with a big grain of salt, is raising capital, what I see entrepreneurs entering the food and beverage space, or even any space, I feel like the first thing they, they ask themselves is, you know, how much capital you need to raise and when they need to go to market. And I, and I feel, I feel you know, in a way that that, that, dilutes, that dilutes the vision of the brand a bit um, because, you know, recognizing that any – any ca- any investor on the team is going to want a, a return in a certain horizon. Some have different horizons, mm-hmm. and you know, I think picking the one that has the right horizon for you. Um, and when, and that's why I say it's it's my opinion because uh, you know every 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 business takes a lot longer than you think to develop the right vision. And you know having the horizon set for you is an important thing because I I feel personally if you if you take capital too early you're gonna the likelihood of building a Virgin or a Patagonia. Or a company that makes lasting, lasting change is, is a little bit less the early you raise capital. That's Excellent. I think that sounds about right. Lots of powerful lessons for for entrepreneurs listening, small business owners, and people who would like good snacks. Matt Clifford, thanks so much for being with us today. We really enjoyed getting to learn more about Bar Nana. Sorry for all the bad puns and jokes. <laughs> no, you guys are great. Were any of ours original jokes, or have they all been done? I think they've all been done. I'll, I'll take a done. silence as a, as, a, as a polite way of telling us they've all been done. Um, so thanks to our listeners for wrapping up our show here today. And it's, it has been a fun one. I did not actually expect these four segments to all connect, but indeed they have. Um, and so I'm spending a lot of time thinking about you know how you can measure impact health in the workplace, um, all really powerful topics. Also, interestingly, we were having a conversation just yesterday about water at our upcoming conference. So do we do pitchers of water on the table, which would oh, be yeah. sustainable, ask people to bring their own water bottles, but would be inconvenient. So a reminder to everyone, if you want to see exactly what we ended up doing with regards to water at our conference, join us on April 7th. Follow us at Wharton Social to learn more. We are just want to thank you for listening to us today. I'm Sandy Marrow Hunt with my co-host, Nick Ashburn. We want to thank our guests, our listeners, and our callers for being a part of the show. It's always a super fun part of our week. To our sound engineer, Danielle Bruno, our associate producer, Dion Simpkins, for hooking us up with great music. For our producer, Matt Johnson, and program director, Patty Hall, this is Dollars and Change. 
For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.